Anime Pulse, episode 609. Hello, welcome back to Anime Pulse. I am your host, Joseph, joined, as always, by my co-host, Andrew. Hello. And we are here once again to bring you another round of previews from the winter 2020 season. Uh, But before we get to those, why don't we get started, as always, with our IRL news. Okay. So what's happening? Oh uh, yes, what is happening? Well, I got uh I got tomorrow off, but not necessarily for a fantastic reason. Uh-oh. So, I think I've mentioned it before. I drive a 2014 Chevy Volt mm-hmm. and uh love the car. It gets like 70 miles to the gallon on like a good day. It's such a great car. It's uh right. it's one of those cars you plug in and charge, so uh, we have a lot of free chargers around New York State, so I can just plug it in, get free charging. It's like free gas. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Well, uh, about a week ago, uh, during some mm-hmm. bad snowstorms, I noticed my car was running somewhat rough. And so uh-huh. last Friday, I took it into the dealership where I ended up laying down 580 G. Or five hundred eighty, uh, five hundred eighty dollars, not five hundred eighty thousand, five hundred eighty dollars on a new ignition coil and four spark plugs. However, that wasn't the only problem with my car. It also needed a new intake manifold and new valve cover for the engine. Well, they were going to charge me all the rest of my arms and my legs for those things with the installation. So I told them just to do the stuff that would fix the engine from misfiring, because that's what it was doing. Right. It didn't fix it. Um, if anything, uh, I think it made the problem more... It made it worse, because the, all the coils were good. They were all working as intended. Um, so... Right. Because the engine wasn't getting the fuel-air ratio it needed to because of the intake manifold, well, it was causing it to misfire. And uh, this week, on Tuesday, when I was driving the car in, it uh, stalled out. So, I luckily it had the uh, the battery. It ran all the way until I got to work, in which case I just plugged it in at the, uh, the charging station at the price chopper or the market 34 that's like down the street from us free charge got Uh me back home no problem i didn't have to worry about the gas engine however that didn't say you know didn't take care of the problem so my old man um spotted me and got me the intake manifold and the valve cover and tonight after we're done with the podcast i'll be driving the car down to the uh deal the uh Mechanics down the street from me, mid-city, 
and they're gonna put them in for me, and it's probably gonna cost me close to like five hundred dollars for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, cars and stuff. Yeah, this is the first That's time nice. my Chevy Volt, which uh, I've named Kim, C-I-M, uh, that... Why Kim? Uh, because I always name my cars after the manufacturers. So, like, if it's a Chevy, it starts with a C. It'll have to be a C name. I had a BMW named Bethany and a BMW named Becca. I had a Volkswagen uh, named Vicky. And mm-hmm. another Volkswagen named Vanessa. So, I've always named my cars uh, female names, of course, and I've always named them after manufacturer. Kim also the C I M is also in commemoration of the uh, AI character from the book that I wrote, Kim, which is computer integrated monitor. Mm. Kim. Right, but. Isn't Kim usually spelled with a K? Yeah, but that's why I went with Kim as with a C. Ah. Okay. okay. I know. You can also say, no, it's Chim or Kim with a chip. Chim. It's like, no, it's Kim. Yeah. You just, you just call her Kim. Doesn't need to be, you don't need to be like nitpicky about it. It's just okay. like <laughs> if you, you know, you spell something a certain way using a bunch of different letters. Right. So. This is the only time she's ever had this kind of big problems before. I'm hoping if I get it fixed that it's all done and said and I don't need to worry about it anymore and my car will just drive me all the way until I get to go see my mother come Memorial Day weekend when I'll be flying down there first class. I'll be staying in a king suite. It's going to be great. I'm going to have a fun time. Uh Yeah. Um, I've already actually even planned out what I'm going to do next year. Instead of flying down there next year, I'm going to take a train. Which, Hmm. uh, it takes a lot longer. It goes from being a half-day trip to a uh, 27-hour trip. Hmm. But, I love... I I had a great time going down to Florida on a train one time when I was a kid. And it took that long, so I'm kind of looking forward to doing that next year. Just because, like, you get, like, your own little your little cabin, and you get to stay on the train, and you, has, and you have the bed and stuff, and there's, and there's, like, the viewing car, and there's people. You get to know the people on the train, and it's, like, it's pretty cool. Hmm. You so, like trains? I like trains. Um, I like planes better than trains just because they go faster. But I do like trains just like the when you're in a train, you hear the like when it's going over the rail, just like you listen Uh to that. And it's like it's kind of calming. It's almost like a heartbeat. Right. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely that's going to be cool. Um, It's also way less expensive than flying Uh, the flight. For my first class, which was like $908 uh, round Mm. trip tickets. The round trip tickets for the premium ultra super class that you can get on a train, uh, $470-something. So significantly cheaper. It will take a significantly longer amount of time, but that's part of the journey. 
I mean, do you typically insist on going first class anyway, or? No, 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 no. I mean, I've always gone coach before. I've only ever flown first class once, and that was my aunt paid for it going to Florida. And we got like an upgrade to do that too. This was me like, I'm going to do first class because I saved up the money to go there. Oh boy. Right. And then I paid $1,300 for the entire thing for three nights stay at the King Suite. And the round mm. trip tickets on Delta Airlines, which uh, yeah, oof. My uh, my bank account would be much better off having that money in it right now, just because of what my car's going through. <laughs> ah, point taken. But God damn it, I'm gonna have fun on this trip, you know, and I will enjoy it. Mm. Yolo. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of enjoying things, I am uh, still yeah. playing through Fake Grand Order. Um, Fake Grand Order's Valentine's event that came out. Don't know if I'm going to finish it, just because it's not the light version of the Valentine event. It's the the full shabeel, and it's kind of difficult to reach the ending for your first time through. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't gone back Darkest Dungeon in a while. Uh-huh. But I did pick up uh, another Steam game called Perky Little Things, which... Um, What's that? It's like Adult I Spy. So, like, you know adult comic book or adult, like, coloring books come out? So it's, like, it's just, like, a very more complicated coloring book. This is, like, Adult I Spy. So it's basically just, like, it shows you a big image, and you're just, like, you're, like, okay. So you pick up the different items, and then you drag them to the respective spots, and it changes things about the image. And then you unlock the next one and you keep moving forward it's very very simplistic but at the same time Uh the art is really fucking cool right so is it adult in that sense as well or yes there is a there is adult in that sense as well going on and you can change it like you can make it like uh for like you know kids audience you can make it far more censored you can make it mature where it's like not as censored then you can make it adults only where it's just out there Right. So, honestly, I'm playing on adults only. But, uh, you know, I'm having fun. A lot of it's all themed around different things. Like, the first one's Christmas theme. Um, There's one they're themed around, like, a Halloween theme in there. There's, like, a lot of iconic characters and whatnot. Homages to different things that just are cool and funny. You just see them. It's like, oh, that's amusing. Mm. Yeah. So I started playing that. I'm almost done with it. It's not very long at all. Maybe like a two-hour, three-hour venture at most. And, uh, oh, and I got the latest volume that you can get currently uh, in North Uh America of Comey Can't Communicate, which is uh, Ah. volume five. And it's Mm. not bad. Um, I do enjoy this one. And... uh, it's still not the it's not the chapter I thought it would be that introduces the gal girl because I can't wait for that story to come out because it really hits you right in the feels. But um, yeah, that's about it hmm. for me. I've, not much else been going on. Just you know, living that 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 uh, businessman life. Everything is that the the American dream. Would you call it the American dream? No, the American oh, dream is love. white picket fences and a wife who stays in the kitchen and cooks all day long. Ah, right. The old-fashioned one. 
Mm. Yeah, that's the American dream. My dream's more like I stay in the kitchen all day long while my wife is the one who goes out, and then she comes back drunk, and then abuses me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm just gonna Fair take enough. another sip of my alcohol here. Yeah, this uh. Clearly, clearly let, not. <laughs> uh, let you go ahead and get us started on your your IRL news, there, Andrew. Will do. Okay. Uh, so um, there isn't much as well to report on my end. Although I suppose just to follow up, I'm still um, I'm still playing more of the game I mentioned last week, Fire Emblem: The Free Houses. It's lent to me, and I'm I've got to say I am I am rather enamored with that game. Uh, it's gotten to the point where I I'm gonna need to. It's got such a large playtime ahead of me, I think, on this. I'm going to have to give it back to whoever I'm borrowing it from, and I think I'm just going to pick up a copy for myself, honestly. It's it's now reached the kind of, like, yeah, got to buy this now sort of category, because I can quite easily see myself doing multiple playthroughs. Um, I just think it's really solid. Um, you know, it's, it's just been a while since I've spent time really planning out not, you know, planning out, like, the you know, I look at the class, the class tree, and try to think, okay, this person's gonna go with this sort of, um, these weapons, and you gotta, I'm gonna work towards this, I need to recruit this person so I have one of this type of unit, and, you know, just watching that work pay off as well, the story being a bit more, like, again, a little bit more, uh, hands-on, because you have that overworld that opens up feature by feature every month as you go on, um... I was a little bit on the fence about the silent protagonist kind of character that you play in um, Fire Emblem uh, Free Houses, but, you know, I've warmed up to him in that sort of Persona 4 kind of way, I guess, in that I guess I can try to infer there's stuff going on there. Black Magic, not sure it's just the waifu. Ah, I suppose that's not, I mean, that's not my least favorite thing about the game, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can I say, I did, uh, I did manage to snipe... My first person from another house. Oh, would you get? And she did happen to be from. I managed to snipe Mercedes. Nice, from, uh, e boy. Do you know who Mercedes is? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know who Mercedes is. She's like the. I think is she's drawn out to be a couple different ways, and like a lot of the stuff that I've seen her in. Is she a bit of a ditz? Uh-huh. A little bit, yeah. Okay, yeah. A she's a bit of a ditz. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, because basically, I was looking through the um, the class tree, and there's a there's a class that's specifically female only, and it requires that that person's very good at reason and faith. And unfortunately, I do have a, a female in my house that is good at reason, and she could be good at faith, but she has a latent ability in swords. So I'm like, well, I want to make her a savant then, because you know then she can use magic and swords. So I'm missing a person in my house that can do both. So I was like, well, Mercedes would do. So I, I, <laughs> it's weird, right? Because you're, you're, you're strategizing away as a teacher to try to get this person to join your house. Mm. And you can you have two approaches, right? You can either be just super impressive with like, this person really likes bulls and the ability to, uh, you know, the, and authority. So you have to rank your professor up in that ability. Or... You can just spend time with them. You can and just stuff. seduce them. Yeah. Exactly. If you get <laughs> if you get their um their relationship level to be with your character, <laughs> level B, they will join your 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 house. Is that what you did, so, or you'd be like, look at my impressive bow? Well, the thing you know, the thing that's interesting is I kind of went for both. Like I kind of like I started taking up the bow and started using it. <laughs> uh, and I started you know like moving my stats up, and it was but the progress was super slow in that. 
then I was also kind of doing the affection way at the same time because I started like there's a feature in this game where even if they're not in your house and I think this is probably an obvious strategy to probably people who've played the game but if they're not in your house already you can just ask them to temporarily help your party out for like the month so that's what I did I went to Mercedes and said hey could you help me out for the month and so she joins your party just t- on trial, essentially, just like a, as a trial member. They don't level or anything, so you don't typically want to train them up. But what you just do is, is especially helpful because whenever an action happens and you have units that are next to each other, they gain affection, mm-hmm. right? Well, Mercedes happens to be a healer and a mage. So oh. all I had to do was just have her next to my guy healing him pretty much all the time. And affection builds up really, really quickly between her and other units. It's a little bit harder with some of the other characters that aren't offensive-based, but I would just have, you know, my guy just stand there with her next to him, and just whenever she heal him or somebody else, as long as she's standing next to my main character, um, you know, she she would just kind of gain affection, and just, yeah, it went to rank B before I could even get my bow level to <laughs> like, level. It's so. like you start, like, the match with her where she's just like, like, Sensei, I'll help you, and then, like, by the end of it, she's like, like, Pregnant, wearing a ring. <laughs> it kind of just, yeah, it's just kind of like, it was the equivalent of just waking up and then she's like right next door, you know, she's ready like, oh, well, what the fuck happened? I suddenly have a wife and kids, what the fuck? You know, it's just, it, it, it all moved so fast, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Um, but so now, I, now that I've just got my professor now with bow skills, I'm just like, well, I might as well make the best of it now and just find out who else wants you to be good at bows and then just use that next to try and get recruit my next person. So... You have until the 11th month, so I still have some time left to maybe get, like, one or two more people to join. Um, <laughs> and of course, by the way, I was I was kind of, um, I don't know this, but of course, outside of your houses, there were other people who will just join you story-wise mm-hmm. as well. So there actually turned mm-hmm. out to be another character that joins that's female and is good at reasoning and faith anyway, so either way, I was going to be able to reach the requirement that mm-hmm. I wanted, so... Uh, it kind of it was kind of like a uh, you didn't really have to but it's fine to have Mercedes either way oh game you didn't have to yeah they ended up giving me another female character already that actually can do faith and reason so oh well plot plot happened so yeah I'm loving it I'm spending pretty much just all my commute time bunch of my free time more time than I probably should it's just super addictive for me right now at the moment and you just you put in so much time to get you know into the each match lasts so long as well. And you, like, unlike other games where you start with a relatively small party, in this one you have, like, a huge class. Like, at least ten people. And you start gaining the ability to, like, partner people up, like, Fire Emblem Awakening as well. So it's a bit... It's pretty hands-on, pretty in-depth, and you can kind of adjust the difficulty based on what you want to do. Uh, side stuff isn't very... Um, isn't super taxing, but just kind of a nice distraction. Anyway, um, this isn't the Fire Emblem show as much as it used to be at one point. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's about it. I'm enjoying that. Uh, and there's not really much else to have no except for just work. So I guess we can move on to community stuff, because I could talk about Fire Emblem all day. Hmm. Um, okay, so comments, comments, let's go. Um, so, episode 638, Winter 2020, previews number 3, we have two new comments. One from Yotaru Vegeta, who says... <clears throat> Do you think the controversy over interspecies reviewers has to do with its lolly, or should I say lolly content? It's in the same episode that Joey was talking about. I still don't get why so many outlets turned on this show. I hope some info will leak. So, uh, I guess there that 
possibility is always there because it's always typically removed because they say it's inappropriate or controversial. They never actually specify their exact grievances whenever I look up information on this. Um, I would probably err towards no, just because I don't think these parties that are out to ban or remove the show really pay that much attention to it to begin with. No, it's more it. like they heard a rumor is what happened. Exactly. It's, it's one of those things, right? I don't think they pay close enough attention to even notice the lolly content. Because the thing is, the lolly content, because basically when I've looked at the thumbnail, my, my exposure to the show is very minimal, but when I look at the thumbnails, I see characters with Let's just say just uh, boobs generous. hanging out and genitalia flapping against you know what I mean? the window, and that doesn't scream to me as lolly show. So it, I know the art style is sort of cutesy, sort of cutesy more with large eyes and big chibi heads, but I still don't think it would necessarily get that card played. Um, that's just my opinion, though. And none of the characters Maybe. they're sleeping with are underage, so yeah, and you know, but I can imagine these people like still going off surface level if, if it turned out the poster had a bunch of like young looking characters but I don't know uh, it, it's it's always a possibility if, if something leak if a leak happens then I'd obviously well I stand corrected right but that's that's my opinion on that one hmm. uh shield bro then says I'm pretty sure that the phrase eating rice Gohan equals rice is synonymous with eating a meal in Asian culture I know for sure that Vietnamese people do with this as well Andrew would probably be able to confirm if Chinese people do this or not. But we have a thing about rice, although we say sit fan, and sit fan's not, you know, it would translate to literally eating rice, I guess. Um, I may have fucked up, I think it was last episode, and said, I think it said Gohan means breakfast. Maybe it doesn't, I, 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 must, I must have fucked that up. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we don't, it's, I guess uh, that sort of practice is uh, common in Asian culture, but it just varies a bit in terms of how you say it. Like I said, we say sit fan and... Breakfast you know, is Asagohan. There you go, Asago. Oh, that's why I thought it was breakfast. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, so I don't know about that. But, you know, Chinese is slightly different. But we have a similar practice answering your question. Was that a question? It wasn't a question, it was just a statement. Never mind. Anyways, oh, dinner's Bon uh, Gohan. Ah, so Gohan's just, I guess, just maybe the Gohan part is the rice. I don't know. Maybe rice accompanies every meal, so they still mention it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, next up we have no updates. Wait, do we have any updates in last week's forum topic? I don't think we do. Nope. I don't think we have any comments that update. What was the day I posted? We do actually have on the Discord. Oh. We do. On the Discord. Um... This is about um, anime characters you think you're like, I suppose, or like what kind of archetype you are. Yeah, what, Yotaro Vegeta says, yeah, the the one you submitted, mm-hmm. uh, like you know dairies and all that personality types. So Yotaro Vegeta says, despite the screen name that I've carried for all decades, I'm really more of a comic relief character. I guess I'm more Krillin, really, a wise ass who can be on the front lines as easily as I can be on the side. Uh, Okay, so I took a few quizzes. The first one said I'm Uncle Iro, sorry, Uncle Iro, I think, from Avatar The Last Airbender, proving once again that Avatar is an anime. Not. The second one said... <laughs> what? What was that? It's not an anime. Okay. Uh, the second one said I'm Sailor Moon. I think, I'm, I think both seem acceptable. I, I can see the similarities between Uncle Iro and Sailor Moon. I think both seem acceptable. I'm more of an Uncle Iroh for sure. 
So there you go. I think that's the last post for that topic. And that takes us to our new brand spanking clean new topic for this week, which was submitted to us by listener Pumeria. Thank you for that. With Valentine's Day uh, just passing this week, I'm sure you guys all had a very busy and fruitful Valentine's Day knowing our community. Um, that wasn't that can, that can be taken sarcastic or non-sarcastically depending on your sense of humor. Um, what anime from the past two thousands would you consider the most wholesome love story? So that keyword there being wholesome, so that's a bit different than normal. Not just your favorite romance. So that's from Pumiria. So let's get on with the answers. The first one we have is from Rampant AI, as always on the forums, who says, "Oh, there are so that sorry can't read." Oh, there are far too many favourites to mention. Unfortunately, a lot of romances in anime are not entirely wholesome, let alone uh, have fully consummated happy endings. I can still name a few standouts that come to mind, mostly those that do not <laughs> devote to pure romance, but um, devolve into pure romance, but have a good story to go along with the character interactions. I have a few mentions uh, that I ex- expect few will recall. Thus, I will mention that what caught me was Akagami, no Shirayuki Hime, or Snow White of the Red Hair, a couple of years ago and thought it was a very lovely, wholesome sort of romance and not in any way boring or stayed. Stayed? Stayed. Fine. Stayed. What's stayed? Stayed. Characterized by sedativeness and often straight-laced sense of propriety. Okay. Serious and conventional. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you learn something new every day. I also thought the relationship that arose from Unlimited Blade Works arc of the Fate Stay night between Shiro and Rin was nice. Probably never nicer than one between Saber and the original in the original arc, even though that is supposed to be the best ending. Um, but my all-time favorite is from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood between Ed and Winry. Oh, they finally get together, huh? Um. The fact that they have their own paths that intertwine without overt romance, you still know that they have great feelings for each other and are fated to become a couple. Which they do by the very end. Thank God, which is why Brotherhood is infinitely more satisfying than the first FMA series. Well, that's news to me, I didn't know that happens. Okay, cool. So, thanks for that uh, response, Rampant. That's uh, free romances from Rampant. Moving on to the Discord entries, we first have Pumeria, our topic submitter of the week who says the series that comes to mind for me is Ore Monogatari ah aka my love story every episode made me smile and feel a little bit better about the day no matter how it was going the love story itself has just felt sweet as honey and quite wholesome the second one that comes to mind for me is Akagami no Shiryuki Hime ah aka Snow White with the red hair uh, that series also had a wholesome love story mixed in with other elements that kept me smiling and watching and ultimately made it one of my favourite purchases. Cool. So, there you go. Uh, next up we have Blackmagic666 who says, I would say, please teacher. While the relationship starts out as a ploy to get them out of trouble, Kane and Mizuho do get along with each other enough to turn it into a real thing. Never heard of please teacher. Before actually, hmm. what is a please teacher? Is this a please teacher? That's uh, Onigai yeah, Sensei. A... Oh, of course, it's Onigai Sensei. I've heard of Onigai Sensei. Okay, fair enough. That's it, still counts. It's actually in 2002. I thought it was older. Never mind. Cool. That's a very obscure pick, but yeah, nice. 
And that does it for, I believe, the community entries for this forum topic for this week. Thank you very much for your submissions, wait, everyone. Did you get the? Oh. Did you get oh, the ones? What? Oh no! Wait, never mind. I was uh, looking at the wrong place. I was in on-air chat. Never mind. Oh yeah, yeah. I got the uh, Discord ones already. Okay. So I've got the Ooh. forums and the Discords covered. So that leaves it round to our panel of experts, or expert singular, uh, <laughs> Joseph. What is? Uh, what would you say are your favorite wholesome anime? Because I know uh, all about romances. wholesome romance. <laughs> oh, of course, uh, you've left the experience. I'm gonna give three. Um, I'm gonna say. Okay. Uh, Rascal does not dream of bunny girl senpai. I felt like that was pretty wholesome. Okay. Just like the trials and tribulations they have to go through, and the guy never giving up, and just being very forthright with the girl. Ah. Uh, it was so, so much better than so many fucking anime out there where the guy is so laxy-daisy in the relationship. Or limp dick. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would say something I said, I think it was a couple weeks ago, for like best under best anime of all time, or for the decade, I would say Sude Jure Children was a pretty good wholesome romance anime and you you don't just have one wholesome romance uh uh matching you have several wholesome romance in there Hmm. so you know there you go you got that but if you want true wholesomeness you want true wholesomeness romance wholesomeness that just is like fluffy on a cloud of air and you can just roll up in it like a giant bed and just go huff huff and just be like, ah, this is so comfortable. Achi Kochi uh-huh. is what you want. Or ah. place to place. That oh, yeah, yeah. is such a fucking wholesome romantic anime. Just wholesome. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. I could see that. Definitely. Yep. But yeah, there you have it. Those are my uh, those are my suggestions for top wholesome anime of the two thousands. Okay, right. Well, uh, I guess I'll finish us off with some picks of my own. I was greedy and I narrowed it down to five, but I will use two as the mostly honorable mentions because they're not really the focus in those two shows. But the romance in it, like the glimpses of it, I think is quite nice and wholesome. So the first one I will mention is the relationship between the two protagonists and Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Uh, the only reason I wouldn't give it as a main entry is because it's rather one-sided, but the two of them balance each other out very well. It's a relationship between the dragon maid herself, Toru, and, well, Kobayashi from the title of the show. They both kind of bounce off each other very well, and it comes that when they have those heart-to-heart moments of each other, it does come across like the feeling is a bit more mutual. Then again, a lot of the relationships in the show come across as quite wholesome um, in general, but like I said, it's not entirely the focus so that's why it gets an honorable mention the next one i would say that i think it's also quite wholesome but it's this is not indicative of the quality of the show mind you or the series as a whole but i do think the relationship between uh haruyuki and uh kuro yukihime from axel world is fairly wholesome and i'm sure that's just about action mainly um you have this kind of budding relationship that starts off between the two and it's it's just a nice one because you have a a, a guy with very low self-esteem who doesn't really feel he amounts to much and a you know a girl who's surprisingly innocent given her um you know she's at the top of the social hierarchy but between them forms a rather genuine relationship and it's quite wholesome 
I suppose, during the glimpses. But now, on to the main entries. So, the main entries, I'd say, are the three of them. First, my pick would be the main relationship between... I mean, it's Kyoto Animation. They always do wholesome. If they can't do that, then there's not much else of substance there, right? So, uh, the one I'm going to mention it would be the one between Takanashi Rika and Togayashi, Togashi Yuta from Chunibyo Demo Koigashitai, or Love Chunibyo and Other Delusions. Um... While the show has its own kind of flighty sense of humor and weird occurrences going on, kind of, sort of, it's not, it's kind of all happening in their heads, actually. But uh, beyond that is actually quite a cute sort of, like, coming of age, you know, very young love sort of relationship that kind of blossoms between these two characters. And also kind of as he starts to rehabilitate her, as she's kind of getting over her own sort of, like, trauma slash mental issues of her own. So when you look at it on that surface, it's quite nice to see the two get together as well in that sort of situation. So yeah, that's that's the first one. Next one I would say, I haven't finished this anime, but I think it's quite wholesome-y, would be Ishukan Friends. I second-guess myself because the Ishukan for, you know obvious reasons, but uh, that one actually is the, the premise of it. It's by uh, the same studio that brought us back, I know, and stuff, and it's about um, a girl who basically loses her memory every week, basically. And so she kind of has to, like, rekindle her... She makes a, a, a well, kind of a friend who starts to have romantic feelings for her, but she forgets about him every week, and they have to sort of work their relationship around that premise, basically, where she has to, like, write notes to herself and stuff about him. And that's pretty wholesome, honestly, the way the show makes place out, because, you know, two of them slowly can become closer despite this large barrier. Uh, and I suppose the most, um, well, one of the most uh, recent additions to, I, I guess, the wholesome romance would be Karakai Jozu no Takagi-san, or Teasing Master Takagi-san, is a very oh. wholesome, cutesy show. About a girl who likes to tease this guy. They're both, I think, middle schoolers. Yep. Um, but it's all it's all very innocenty. But you know, it has lots of like you know, cute. Ah, oh, they're just kind of there's a budding relationship. She clearly has feelings for him and he for her, and um, you know, it's wholesome because it, you know, it's just kids. It's just kids, sort of. You know, slowly realizing this, I suppose, whilst just living out the daily lives. It's a very harmless show. Not much to it, you know. Season 2, I wouldn't even really count to see. It's just kind of like Season 1 Part 2. It's just more of the same. But, you know, if you want something that's just very innocent and fluffy, I suppose, as you put it earlier on, then there you go. This is a very wholesome relationship between the two. Uh, yeah, that's it. That goes it. That does it. That's my entries for this topic for the week. Uh, thanks again. Oh, we were joined by McNeary. Hi, McNeary. All right. Declary. Now we have... Uh... Uh, shit. Uh, I was gonna yes. try to make a pun on McNeary, like uh, one of the ah. sandwiches from McDonald's, but I can't remember any of the sandwiches right now. Uh, so yeah, Mc a Big Mac. Oh yeah, uh, isn't there like Mc a Mc something though? Oh, McNugget? McFlurry. That's McNugget? what I was thinking of. Oh, well. McNuggets. Oh. oh, yeah. I'd go with the McFlurry though. Mm, McFlurries. Mm. I, I like those, but they never put enough of whatever you actually ask for. So, like, you know, if I get a Smarties one, it's always, like, a little bit on the top, and then the rest of it's just the ice cream. That's true. You know? Burger King does it better with their flurries. Right, yeah. I, I want you to mix what I ask for. So if I get a flake flavor, don't just put a little bit on top. Burger King also had a bacon flurry. 
What the f- A Why? maple bacon flurry. Yeah, that was it. A maple bacon flurry. Because it's America. Nice. America. I mean, America, we had the... We had the double... Was it the double-decker from KFC? Where it was uh, two two loaves of... Or it was like two chicken sandwich... Or two chicken breasts, which were the bread, with a, like, third Oh, oh chicken. yeah, yeah, I saw ads for that. I never tried it. Did you try that? No, I've never tried it, but, like... That's America, right? Down to the core. It's just like, yeah. How can we, I think we turn that this thing too. that will clear clearly <laughs> like fill up my arteries mm. and fill them up yeah. even more? Oh, by the way, on a similar topic, since we're on the topic of like fast foods and stuff, there I recently tried something new. There was a crossover between uh, KFC and Pizza Hut, uh-huh. where like they made like a chicken pizza, where they basically put was popcorn chicken on the pizza. It was boneless, <laughs> but they put like their popcorn chicken on the pizza. It. And it has sort of some sort of custom sauce that they've made. Not good. My review is like four out of ten. Not very good. There was not enough chicken oh, on that pizza. That sucks. And honestly, chicken's not my favorite topping anyway. To be fair, so just saying. Anyways, that was a small side note. All right. Any any news? <laughs> uh, yes. Into news. Which, uh, I have one piece and you have two, so why don't you get us started off with one of yours? Okay, dokie. Well, my first one is like a follow-up from, from one of the previous week's topics, news stories, um, regarding the My Hero Academia name controversy. Not really mm-hmm. much of a controversy. Well, actually, it's controversial enough where now My Hero Academia's manga and anime now joins the coveted positions shared by South Park and Winnie the Pooh. We're being banned in China now. Um, this is all, by the way, for people who haven't heard last week, there was a situation where they named a character in the, the, the series, Maruta Shiga, who apparently is like a historic Japanese war criminal, and that got people in Korea and China. And even in the West, who I no doubt probably hadn't heard of him before, even, you know, to get all annoyed and, you know... Since then, they did post an apology, but as I warned about previous weeks, I think I did pro- warn about this, it's never going to be enough. You know, even if you apologize, it's, the damage is done, it's just admitting guilt to these sorts of crowds, and yeah, it's now banned. So, great, that's a huge... Uh, I know, to be to be honest, if they're in China, they'll probably find a way to get access to it either way, honestly. Um, and the article then further goes on to talk about how the... The certain crowd that starts the face, ends with W, are still attacking My Hero Academia, labeling it fascist material, whatever. I don't really need to go too much into that. I mean, you know what the, that sort of crowd is known for, and uh, you know my general opinion on it. You don't really need to know much more about it. But there you go. Anime banned. Anime manga banned. I don't even think... It's so weird because of how mainstream and how non-offensive, I suppose, that series really is. It almost plays it too safe, honestly, in my opinion. But yeah, there you go. Uh, there. You go. That's that's pretty much it. If you have any thoughts, uh, Joseph, on it, I suppose speak now. What do you think? No, I got no. I think I've said my piece on that subject last time you brought up. Just you were right. Yep. Yeah. There we go. And when you're right, you're right, and you're usually right. <laughs> Is that Spaceballs? Was that Spaceballs? Yeah, that's Spaceballs. Ah, missed that movie. So good. Need to watch that again. 
Your full name. Anyway, speaking Bartholomew. of balls. <laughs> I actually can't remember what your news topic was. Does that work with balls? Uh, guess. Um, so rap artist Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats released a music video titled Unlocked uh, back on Thursday. And it featured uh-huh. a number of animated segments. Well, uh, as of Monday, allegations have begun spreading on Twitter that the Cosmic.m4a segment of the video feature animations that are traced from other animated productions. Mm. For example, uh, comparison videos have come up through Twitter where numerous other animes have been uh, found to have been traced into this animated video or in this uh, music video. Um, Cowboy Bebop the movie. The fight scene between uh, Spike Spiegel and um, mm-hmm. uh, some other character. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, there's uh, scenes from Gurren Lagann that are traced from it. The Legend of Korra, which is not an anime, traced from it. Uh, the opening from Absolute Duo, traced. And some fight scenes from Naruto Shippuden, traced. And uh, I know you talked about Carol on Tuesday. Well, it just so happens that Denzel Curry performed insert songs Crash the Server and Lone Star Jazz for episode 20 and 21 of Carol on Tuesday, which was an anime about music. Right. So, yeah, this is just one of those times where it's like, they did, you know, they did, um, it's not like the rap artists themselves were the ones responsible for it. In fact, no. the video description credits the lead animators for each segment. And right. uh, the Cosmic.M4A is credited to Bor- Borbove uh, Shakanazar and Askov Tylik, which sounds vaguely Russian. So... Mm-hmm. Maybe some people who thought they could get away with it, they just thought, oh, we'll just do that and it'll be, like, super cool. And maybe, you know, Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats had no idea that this shit was being traced, but because they don't yeah. watch anime. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't... But she can't, the production, can't fool the, the eyes of a true otaku that sees all. Mm. <laughs> They, they they will spot the minorest of minor details, including yeah. the animation sequences, so yeah. yeah they say the, the greatest form of flattery is imitation, but here it's just, sure. just plagiary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I think there's a little caveat where it's like, you know, if it's such an obvious imitation, maybe you should give them a little bit of, like, give us a little bit of a heads up that it's not really yours. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's because it I would hot, say... So. Black magic. I would say it's plagiarism, just because those um, those animators who were credited didn't then credit the other animes for giving them inspiration. They just right. did it. Doesn't take much to just say it, you know. Yeah, like, it's just you like really I'm just gonna trace someone else's work. You know? Exactly. If you just trace someone's work and you change some things here, you made it cell shaded, so like it was hard to tell, mm. but you could still tell. Right. And, and exactly. It was close enough of a meditation where it really hadn't transformed so much as it was just traced over. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Not good. Well, they got caught in the end, so you get yeah. what you get, I suppose. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of um, getting caught, uh, eh, getting what you get, I suppose. Get, getting what you get in the end, or, or paying for what you get, or then selling what you paid for. Yes. <laughs> all, all very applicable. How about Madoka Water? At first, I had to th- I, when I first saw this uh, the, the headline, I thought, wait, is Madoka some sort of like? Um, some sort of gate, you know, some sort of online gamer girl, or is it like some sort of idol? Is it some sort of one of those used bathwater thing? No, it's not. Uh, so basically, apparently, in the Madoka Madoka Gaiden spinoff one that I did a preview of, there was a scene in episode six, haven't gotten there yet, where she drinks mineral water. Well, in light of that, they had a promotional event or something. Um, where those in attendance were handed some fabulous Fukuro Fortune water at no expense. It was a freebie. Um, which people already decided to collect. The people lined up, 500 people actually lined up for, and it's already online being resold at pretty outrageous prices for a simple bottle of bottle of uh, mineral water. The screenshot here shows the image of the water. It looks pretty basic bottle with just like, the Madoka logo on it. It doesn't even have the anime characters or anything on it. Um, but the actual price clips you can see here of it being sold, it sells for like sometimes 2,222, which is about, uh, 200 quid. You, wait, you take away two zeros. 22 pounds a bottle, I suppose. Yeah. Yes. 22 pounds a bottle. Oh, sorry. How many dollars would that be? 15 quid a bottle? 15 bucks a bottle, I guess. Uh, I can't do math, apparently. Um... But some going as far as to sell it higher around, like, closer to the 3,333 range. Just, we all agree, is a bit much for a simple bottle of water, but, you know, there you go. So, uh, anime merch sells. Even the freebie stuff, apparently, when the show or franchise is well-loved enough, is the takeaway message, I guess. You can literally sell anything, including just water. At the yep. very least, at least it's mineral water. Or the juices yeah. you extract from a robot boy. Yes, <laughs> we saw that article <laughs> about the robot boy. Mm. That's true. Mm. Well then. So yeah. I think that should bring us to our uh, next segment, which is more previews. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no, in a world? It's not that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well, I'll get us started here with a rapid-fire preview of Yatogami-chan Kan... or Kansatsu Niki Season 2. Um, so, let's see here. If you don't recall, the first season of Yato Gamechan is basically just about this dude who moves from Tokyo to a place in Nagoya, I believe. And he's uh-huh. like being a very tourist kind of person, just taking in the sights, being like, oh, wow, look at all the dialect that's spoken here. And oh, wow, the accents and whatnot. And oh, wow, this is all they the way they do things is so different here than it is in Japan, even though it's literally two prefectures away or something like that. So uh, season two kicks off 
Throws on all the different faces that we already recognize. You got our main male protagonist. You got Yatogame-chan. You got the girl who obsesses over Yatogame-chan. And you got the club leader who looks a bit like a shrimp. Um, or a prawn, if you want to be European about it. Uh, hmm. Then they go into a bit more about like, oh, you know, this is how you say things in... A Nagoya accent versus how you would say them in Tokyo. Like for moving a desk, you use the verb suru instead of hakobo. And then he's like, hmm, hmm, what about moving something else? And they're like, oh, you just use the usual. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, and so when you open a door, you use this instead of that. And he's like, well, what about when you open anything else? Oh, you just, you know, you use the usual. <laughs> and when you wash rice, you use this verb instead of that. What if you wash anything else? Not used at all. <laughs> yeah. Amusing. Uh, then also, of course, mm. they got a, a little bit embarrassed over the accents. First, they embarrassed themselves by um, mm -hmm. our one girl who's actually from Gifu Prefecture saying, uh, I like you with a Gifu accent, um, uh -huh. which impresses everyone except for Yatogame-chan, who... Kind of just, it's very normal for her. Because uh, Gifu is basically a part of Nagoya. Uh, they even say that uh. in the anime. And then after that, they <laughs> they talk about tea, green tea. And Nagoya, you say it as like, I think it's like Chinchin. Which, uh Chinchin uh, in Japanese, if I recall correctly, is something like penis. And so they all start saying, like, oh, it's chin-chin tea. Oh, chin-chin. Yes, very chin-chin. And the guy's like, stop uh, saying that. Stop it. It's so embarrassing. Right. And <laughs> then the anime rounds out with a new segment, I'm guessing, is what they're introducing, where there's a new girl who has, like, the, the thin uh -huh. eyebrows on her. She's mm. also got, like, a snail hair clip. And she's from the... Mikawa Prefecture, Mikawa Province, which, uh -huh. uh, according to her, should have been called the Nukata Prefecture. And uh, mm. she goes into a bit of detail why she's annoyed when other people refer to it as, like, the Awadi Prefecture. So. Mm -hmm. And that ended it. That was the first episode. Really, there, it's three minutes. That's all it was. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's very short. I was going to watch more episodes so I could, like, go in a bit more, like, what else yeah. have we got here? But that's basically it. That's what these episodes are. It's just, you know, maybe a few random facts about Nogoya uh, or, you know, surrounding prefectures or provinces. Uh, maybe a bit about the history. Maybe not. Sometimes it's just um, this uh, voice actress doing cute noises because Yatogami-chan is very cat-like and so she does like a lot of like like the first thing that uh, happened was when our male protagonist opens the door and walks through it into the club room she's like door apapa which just means like the door is open ah. and he's like what is that is that something cute to say say it again and she's like apapa apapa <laughs> and yeah. so he just absolutely adores that which you know makes sense you find that a attractive or cute in other things where it's just like it's like yeah. when when uh when like an Australian person comes to America and everyone's like oh Australian say say down under and then they're like please uh -huh. stop please uh -huh. stop yeah 
things you say in different yeah. And then Amer- an American goes to Europe and they're just like, please shut up. Because <laughs> it's like, or they're just like, oh, say from the South or something. It's just like, but I'm from New York. Oh, say with a Brooklyn accent. It's like, you don't know how America works, do you? Say I'm walking here as if you're crossing I'm walking the here. I'm walking here. There you go. Perfect. Or it's like, oh, if you want me to say something, I could do a Southern Belle. <laughs> Oh, of course. I mean, that's, you know, you could call a actual, yeah, an actress who substitutes in for sure. It's because it's not really you. Oh, yeah, I'll have to call her in. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Get the, get the, like, I'll just, like, go off camera, come back wearing, like, a, wearing a, a dress with a wig on. Ma, I and, like, the camera cuts away and then cuts back and bit by day, bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a my thirst. I could go for some some iced tea, mighty fine. Mm. <laughs> oh I my gosh! I didn't know you were stopping by today, innocuous. I just thought I would come on in and say hi to all y'all fine fellas. All right. Well, go, yeah, I'll let you uh, go back to reading your uh, <laughs> your uh, your uh, copy of um, uh, Love uh-huh. and Prejudice and. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Pride and Prejudice, and I'll, I'll come back here. <laughs> All right, then. Oh, well, that was, that was Nakis Blonde, everybody. Yeah, she she came on for a little bit. Her, her uh, actress, of course. Her actress. Not actually her actress, Blonde. yes. Okay, yeah. Just we can't afford actress and actress Blonde, because, man. No, her rate, oh. Her agent expensive. would just drain yeah, us just, dry. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. The reason the rest of the 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 reason the rest of the hosts uh, aren't getting paid is because Innocuous is just too expensive to actually keep mm-hmm. on board. Otherwise, yeah, right, she's got to pay for those kids, man. Mm. Got to put them through college. Absolutely, yeah, important, important shit. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, speaking of college and education system skills, yes, school. <laughs> Tell us all about going to school. A very special school. I mean, you guys who watch anime are no stranger to um, school. Happens all the time. This one's a little bit special in that it's a special type of school for special types of species. Multiple species. This anime is called Muranase Seton Gakuen, or Come Together to the Seton Academy. Um, and it stars a main character dude called Jin, who is the show describes as a homo sapien, a human. Uh, it starts off at a entrance ceremony where everybody's really rowdy and you'll probably notice that a bunch of the animals, well, yeah, a bunch of the students are animals, or bipedal animals, or female animals with, like, female humans with animal features to them. Uh, the opening ceremony is very rowdy, but then the T-Rex, which is one of the members of the faculty, manages to get everybody in line because T-Rexes are terrifying. Um... But anyway, the, the head teacher is like a crab or some sort of like crustacean in there. But in the rowdiness of what's going on, Jin picks up a pineapple that was thrown at him and chucks it. And it hits a uh, a small pink haired girl who I think is, well, yeah, no, I think, turns out to be a wolf girl. Uh, she tries to attack back but ends up hitting and cracking the uh, fish tank open which the principal was in. And this causes even more of a ruckus. And then we get an opening. And post-opening, we get the, the lowdown of the situation. So Seton Academy is a special school that hosts 
all sorts of species where they all live together sort of in harmony close enough to it without killing each other completely um basically all male animals all you need to know is all the male animals are basically bipedal versions of the animals like it just looks like a lion but stands on two feet or like a deer or something all the female members of the species are basically like you know neko girls or mouse girls or wolf girls you know they basically look human but just have the ears and the tail basically that's how that's how this world works because you know um otherwise we'd be getting a repeat of b stars and you know didn't hold over with that too well for me but anyways Jin is the main character and he absolutely hates this fact because animals are rowdy and dirty and smelly and you know throw shit all over the place and you know he goes to the cafeteria and he's trying to get some food which sucks because like it's like raw meat raw fish bugs leaves you know stuff that animals like um he takes the meat to the counter to like the where the cafeteria guy is the lunch dude is and who has a gorilla and he's like, can you cook this? And he's like, why would I cook this? And he's like, fucking animals. So then he's trying to find a place to sit. And he's like, I need to stay away from everybody. And he finds a bit in the corner. But he unfortunately sits in front of the pink haired girl from the opening scene with the, the wolf girl. And the show does a thing where basically as characters are acting the way they do and showing their quirks, there's a narrator guy who will point out animal facts to explain what they're doing. Oh, basically. good. So, mm-hmm. so <clears throat> you know, she's sitting down and she's gurring at him and she's getting really angry and it's like, because if you sit in front of an a- of like a predator, especially a carnivore as it's eating, it gets really angry as if you're, it's trying to protect its food because it thinks it's being threatening. So the first thing Jin does is he looks away, which makes her feel a little bit less like, okay, if it's not in danger. And then he's like, but the way to really get them on your side is to, like, just offer them some of your food. So Jin's like, here, you can have some of my meat. And she goes all, like, she goes all drooly and, like, you know, eats eats some of the food in, like, a, you know, in a, in a feeding frenzy. Then she stands on top and declares that, okay, I like you. You're going to be a member of my pack. And Jin's like, no, nah, what? I don't want to be a member of your pack and stuff. And, you know, she's, uh desperate to get a member but he distracts her by like throwing a throwing a, a bone away and she you know fetches it because you know she's distracted easily by things like that because again animal facts is like oh animals will like to sniff things that you know because it's important for their survival if you throw something in front of a wolf they'll go and try and get it eat it sort of thing uh but as she's distracted a human girl sits next to Jin who's I guess one of his love interests who's called Hino Hitomi and she sits down next to him and, you know, he's all like, yeah, I love being human. This is great. Did you bring a box lunch? And they have like a, a cliche sort of like anime romance scene. But then like Lanka, Lanka comes back, the wolf girl, and she's like, hey, you're not taking my mail. And she's like, you know, she smiles just to scare he told me away. Um, but then Jean basically fires back at her saying like, hey, I didn't agree to be part of your pack and I don't want to be part of your pack and stuff. And you know, sounds to me like you're the lonely person here, like, out of everybody, and she's, this obviously upsets Blanca, um, and he, so this, you know, even this causes Jin to feel a little bit guilty, but he tries to explain to her, look, everybody here is with their own pack, with their own animal, with their own species, you know, it's just not gonna work out, but then Blanca then flashes back to, like, you know, um, that's, that's not how I believe, because when she was a kid, there was an incident where she was attacked by three bears, 
and she was rescued by a uh, a human that you can't see the face of from the free bears, and that's made her believe that all animals of different species could get along, and she wanted to make a pack of multiple animals. Uh, you know, and then she runs off anyway, upset. Hmm. Jin at his home contemplates the situation and thinks to himself, oh, actually, I was, I know that story because I was the guy in that situation. And it caused the opposite effect for Jin. Because he stepped in to protect her from the bears, he gets injured terribly by the bears. Uh, and afterwards, when he was like beaten and injured on the ground, she went and started licking his wounds, even though he kept telling her to stop. Um, and this caused him to have a feel, you know, like a, he doesn't want to be have anything to do with animals and in fact hated interacting with them in general. So the situation that caused Lanka to think species could get along is the same incident that caused Jin to resent animals, basically. Next day, um, Jin and um, Hito made the, the human girl are getting along still swimmingly and plans to, they're making plans to make a cooking club together. Meanwhile, Lanka tries to step in and again try to recruit Jin. Doesn't work out. She gets very upset. It's very sad and all that. Um, and then we flash a bit forward to like Lanka's now managed to find people who will take her in, but she's now got a less than favorable situation. So it turns out she's now affiliated with the horses and she's now like the errand pack horse for like the kind of Ojo-sama sort of character of the horses who's called Mashima Kuroe and is in fact a zebra. The other horses admire her because she is a zebra and zebras are considered special to them because zebras have stripes and they look different and stuff and she's all snobby about it, right? And Lanka's being treated like shit by them. But, you know, um seeing this as wrong Jin eventually steps in and uses his animal knowledge to basically like humiliate the zebra back because he's like, by the way, turns out that zebras are actually more related to donkeys than horses. And she's like, what? And he starts throwing out some facts about how basically like the behavior of horses are different from from zebras. And has, and then when she's like, do you have any proof? He then like lifts her up and then pulls like her tail out. And it turns out her tail is like, you know, like a bit that sticks out that has like a tuft at the end, which is similar to donkeys. And the donkeys are considered to be the nerds of the school. Mm-hmm. So this makes her run off upset the situation <laughs> and saves Lanka. So the, the last situation of the show happens where Lanka's still upset on her own. Um, and Hitomi, the human girl again, tries to go cheer her up. But then they are attacked by a pack of bears for some reason. This causes Jin to come to the rescue. Um, skirmish happens. Fortunately, Jin ma- doesn't manage to actually like repel the bears away with his spray, whatever repellent spray he has on him, long enough, and starts getting into a fight with them. Um, we get some more funny skits where like um, Lanka tries to defend Jin instead, where it's like you know bears are capable of running at fifty kilometers an hour and can even like survive being hit by a car and like that's how powerful they are but wolves are not scared of are uh, of bears in fact they will fight animals that are like over twice their size and have actually been known to hunt down bears and she draws, jumps towards the bear but then gets slapped to the ground and it's like but only this only works if they're in a pack so she gets smacked um still before it's too late a t-rex comes in remember the faculty was fetched by the human girl and the bears get scared off because you know t-rexes are like scary and he says do you want to go extinct too um so yeah all's all's well as it ends well and you know as lanka's about to walk away sad on her own again jen then finally decides to reach out and say hey you know what 
I know this doesn't work as thanks, but I'll join your pack. And this obviously makes Lanka really happy. She runs over, she glomps him, and then she starts licking his face, which obviously embarrasses the human girl, because it's, like, it's like a kiss sort of thing. And then the animal facts guy, the narrator's just like, you know, uh, licking the mouth is something that is seen, uh, that's used by dogs, but also happens with wolves, and they're accepting a new pack member. It's also done between the female and the, the alpha male of the pack. And once they've, once they have chosen a mate, they stay together for their entire lives. And then, like, Jin's like, what the fuck, what? I didn't sign up for this. And then before the human girl can get away, Lanka goes and gumps her too and starts licking her mouth. And, you know, she's now a member of the pack too. So, the three of them have now formed a pack. Um, you know, what kind of shenanigans will we get up to the future? We get, like, a post credit scene where they're about to do a cooking test and say, like, okay, well, you're going to have to prove, Lanka, that you're able to cook in order to join our club. And then another girl says, I'm ready, and it tur- they turn around and there's a koala girl, which I guess is like a prelude to the next episode where there's going to be a koala girl. So, there you go. That was Murunasu Gekko, Gakuen, set on Gakuen, I said that all wrong. Um, it's um, brought to us by Studio Go- Gokumi, who've made the aforementioned show, Tsuri Tsuri Children. Um... And such masterpieces as A Channel, Hello Kirino Mosaic, and Kono Naka Ni Hitori Imoto Ga Iru. One of those was a joke. Um, this show is, um, the animation is just kind of, it's decent, it's just kind of normal, I guess. Nothing super extremely good or anything, it's a very basic block color show. Uh, the, I've read the manga for this already, um, so I'm, I'm well ahead. It's a very dumb, fun sort of show, honestly. Um, I, I kind of still am leaning more towards the manga just because I think there's more content to the manga, but the anime is an okay adaptation. Um, the voice the voice acting for Lanka is really good. They got the girl who plays the main girl from um, Asobi Asobase. Um, she does a very good job in the role. Very energetic, very squeaky voice that's unique. Mm-hmm. I suppose I'd, ha- I'd describe it. So the voice actress is called Kinohina. She's really good. So uh, that's a notable thing I'd say really liked about it that's different from the manga, I guess, because you can't get signed to the manga, obviously. But otherwise, it's, you know, it's just, you know, dumb fun, silly show. I'm going to keep on watching it. It's an easy watch if, you, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, not much else to really say about it of no. I mean, if you pretty much can tell if you'll, you'll like it or not from the first episode alone honestly so try before you buy or keep on watching i guess and hmm. that's about it so there you go Alrighty then well Alrighty then. speaking of trying things before you buy them uh-huh i've got a video game that you might want to check out called infinite dendragon dendrogram Infinite Dragon. That's what I'm going to call it. It's Infinite Dragon. Sure. Dendogram. Infamous, yeah, yeah, Dendogram. Yeah. All yeah. right. Infinite Dendogram. Or as I call it, I stole Kirito's Sword Art Online helmet and I went into not Sword Art Online. So we got our main male Japanese protagonist doing what all the main male Japanese protagonists tend to do. As college freshmen, putting on a deep dive gear and laying down on his bed so he can play a video game. 
you know, as you do. Mm. And he enters into the game, which is Infinite Dendo Dragon. And uh, yeah, he wakes up and he's himself wearing the clothes he was wearing when he fell asleep on bed. And uh, has a bunny cat thing that introduces itself and he's very polite with a bunny cat person and they're like oh very nice you know i i like polite people why don't we make your character he takes his base character and he makes it have blonde hair and gives it some crazy hair uh style and puts a bandana on it and uh then the bunny cat thing says all right now we'll install your embryo and flicks uh a little magic at him, and a blue crystal forms on his hand. And that's his embryo, which apparently is this thing that will evolve with him, and eventually, when it evolves enough, it will take its own uh, unique form. And because the game is so infinite, just like its name is, there is an infinite uh-huh. number of different possibilities of what your thing can come out to be like. But there's some general categories, and they run through a few, but, you know... None of them are, like, crazy. Uh, crazy out there. And then he's like, oh, so there are some rare types and whatnot. And you know, whatever you get, it's yours unique to you. Right. He uh, picks his location where he's going to start. Bunny cat thing sends him there. And he falls through the sky down to the town where he wakes up right outside the capital. And where he's going to be meeting his brother. Apparently his brother right. also plays the game. And he's walking through town. When all of a sudden we have one of those moments where a girl runs around the corner and runs right into him. Except in this case, the girl who runs into him knocks him out so hard he falls on the ground, breaks an arm and a leg, and is almost dying. Wow. He is level one, but at the same time, uh, the girl who knocked into him and almost killed him immediately runs over and heals him. He gets back up Mm -hmm. and... She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, I was running around looking for my little sister. Have you seen her? And pl- pulls out a picture and shows him. And he's like, no, no, sorry. Can't say I have. I just showed up here. She's like, oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. uh, here's some of my contact information. If you see her, please reach out to me. And uh, she runs off and he holds up the paper, starts reading it. And it says, quest, new quest available. Tap to accept. And he's like, wait a second. That was an NPC? Whoa. Hmm. And so he uh, puts the paper in his pocket, moves along, because the quest says, like, it's level five. And he's like, whoa, this is a high-level quest. Uh, I'm going to move on. And he meets up with his brother at the fountain, which his brother is this dude wearing a giant bear, a grizzly bear suit. And he says Kuma all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yep. And uh, Mr. Kuma Bear Dude... His brother, he shows him the quest, and uh, he's like, oh. I mean, is well, it this... actually his brother, or does he just, they just say bro or something? Well, just like that? they also talk about how, like, oh, my in-game name is something Starling. And ah. the our main character also named his character uh, Ray Starling, which, um, mm-hmm. which uh, I forget what the last name for uh, Kuma mm is uh oh shoe starling shoe starling right i think it might actually be his brother 
but I just don't know. Like it may, they may be playing from like different locations. Like Shu Starling, his brother might actually be in like a different town or something, and so he just wants to hang out with his brother and play a game. You know, hmm. yeah, MMO stuff. Well, uh, he takes yeah. a look at the quest that his uh, that Ray picks up, and he's like, "Uh oh, I think this is a timed quest because in this game, characters can die and stay dead." And he goes to explain, like, you know, for us, when a player character dies, we're locked out of the game for 24 hours. However, in-game, 24 hours is 72 hours. So you lose three days' worth of progress in anything you're doing. However, that's more complicated by the fact that NPCs in the game can die. He's like, for instance, like, the king is dead. A bunch of his subjects are dead. Like, uh, great cardinals and generals have died in this game already, and they're not coming back. And the quests that were related to them are gone. So he's like, this is a time quest, and I bet after a certain amount of time, if you don't help out, she might die, or her little sister might die. So we should do this. So they run off to this uh, or abandoned orchard place, which has a bunch of bugs. And uh, Kuma dude rolls up there with a giant fucking machine gun. That he pulls out and starts laying waste to the bugs, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, they save the little girl and the night chick, who is, uh, turns out to be a rather powerful character, level 210. And um, then they're attacked by these creatures that look a bit like Sulphur the Sky Dragon, but centipede form. Ah. Right. And... Uh, they uh, they all gang up on Kuma Dude, who seems to be like, yeah, I'll take you all on. And then he's like, wait, wait, wait a second, you're freezing me in place? That's not fair. No, and he gets dragged down into the, into the ground. Um, then they run away from the centipede mm-hmm. things. The one swordsman girl, level 210, is like, go, run, uh, take my little sister. I'll, I'll fight them off. And so the dude being like, well, I'm level zero. I won't do shit here. And takes the little girl and runs away with her. And then he is also like, no, run away, little girl. I'll fight the bug that's chasing us now. And he tries to fight one of the giant centipede things and keeps getting his ass handed to him. Keeps dying and then reviving himself because Kuma dude gave him a bunch of like auto revive items because he thought this would happen. So he keeps getting his ass kicked until he's down to, like, no more auto-revive items. The girl also took one of his auto-revive items because he didn't want her to die. And because he told her to run away at one point, the bug turned Mm -hmm. tail and ran after her and knocked her out. So he looks at his embryo in his hand and is like, all right, embryo, you're supposed to give me the smallest chance of surviving in, like, rare circumstances of... You're supposed to, like, help me out and... You know, create miraculous miracles, infinite possibilities. Well, make this one of those possibilities where I can have a happy end. And from it, uh, the girl's a girl's voice comes out and is like, "My, you're a clingy master." But I like that. And uh, it's a girl named Nemesis, which isn't mm-hmm. confusing at all. And she's his embryo, and she has uh, purple hair and blue eyes and. She takes the form of a sword and is like, you've been damaging my master a lot, but that last attack I took. And uh, and then now it's time for payback. And so he swings his sword, which looks really fucking like 
Mm-hmm. It looks like some sort out of like someone's Chunibyo diary. Just like like ah, uh, uh, very cartoonishly huge. Yeah, cartoonishly huge. Also very like very gimmicky. Like here, let's see if I can post a uh, post it okay. for everyone here so everyone can see how sure. just how cringy this sword looks. Oh boy, look Wilbur at this designs? thing. Let's have a look again. Let's see. Oh, that is. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit dumb looking, I'm afraid. It's not really my thing. I'll post the... It's uh, not subtle at all. <laughs> post an image of his embryo here for everyone else as well. So many... So many unnecessary details to this sword. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So he's got a persona. Yeah, so she turns in the sword, and then he unleashes an attack against it, which is even... It's even further proven to be more Chunibyo, because she says something in English like, I'll have my revenge as an attack. Uh-huh. Or my revenge is final, and it attacks the uh, giant soul for the sky dragon centipede, splits it in half, and uh, he saves the day. Huzzah! The little girl is safe, the night girl is safe, Kuma dude's safe, and it turns out that it was Kuma dude's fault in the first place that the the princess or the night chick was here. And her sister was here because he bought all the berries that the little girl was trying to pick from the market. Mm-hmm. Because he wanted to show his brother a good time and be like, I baked you all these pies so you could have them. By the way, here's uh, his brother in the Kuma suit. Okay, let's see. Ah, ah. And that's him with his uh, machine gun, which I thought mm-hmm. was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I see. Yep. So, when I first went into this anime, I wasn't thinking I'd really uh-huh. care for it, but I am going to give it the three-episode try now that I've oh tried it, just because I thought it'd be uh-huh. a lot more like Laxadaisy, maybe a bit more like Slice of Life in an MMO. But this feels like there might actually be a story behind it. So, I'll see where it goes. The only thing, and now I'm going to have to nitpick here, is that... Alright, so I already told you how they've made this game out to be like, NPCs can die, things can go away, quests can are like once-in-a-lifetime thing, right? When our main <laughs> character first shows up here, and he talks about how, like, oh, I got this quest from this chick, and the bear dude says... Oh, yeah, Lillian's quest. Yes, yes, I know all. I've, I Even I haven't done that quest yet. Uh, you know, let's take a look at it. He makes it mm. out to be like that, but then he explains, he's like, oh, this is a timed quest. If we don't do it now, her little sister may die. So it's like, wait a second. <laughs> How did you okay. know about this quest, even in the first place, if it's like a once-time thing? Yeah. Because there's no, no way to repeat weird. it. Yeah, right. It's a bit, yeah. That's weird. Which I think would be mm-hmm. a pretty interesting concept for an MMO. If, like, you had NPCs that would give, like, became rare quests that would never happen again. So it's like, oh, this NPC's right. um, sister characters in danger. You have to rescue them. And if you don't, they die, and then they're gone for good. But if you do rescue them, you know, then, then you get a rare quest finish that no one else will ever get. Thought that'd be pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, that would be a good concept. It's not what well, this show's going for, is it though? But I don't know. 
it's I don't know if it's instance rampant, but they do say like time in the game is always progressing and it is progressing faster than outside. So it's not like if you log in to your uh, if you log into your character and then you log out that it's it's like stopped there. When you log back in, like things can change. The whole world could be different. Yes, for all players, rampant. Apparently, so it's like if you do this quest, you are the only one who gets to do the quest, even though the bear dude is like. Oh yeah, that quest. I know about that quest. I haven't done it, but I know about it. It's like, how did you know about the quest? If it, you know, like, it's not like it's an actual NPC character. You think like in like an MMO where it's just like, okay, this just happens for everybody. No, it's, mm-hmm. this is like, yeah, the the NPC death thing would be a con- continuity problem. But like the game mm-hmm. is constantly evolving and working around it. I mean, the king of the game is dead. It, he died early on or something like that. And so it, the game continued, though. Someone else took up the king's throne, I guess. So that's interesting. So, they um, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the three-episode trial, see where it goes from there, mm-hmm. sure. and see whether or not I will find it uh, find it interesting. Yeah, might be a, at least a decent sort of casual watch, I, go, I suppose. We'll find out, I guess, as the weeks go on. Just keep up with it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, he puts some more points into defense. Ah, ah, ah. There's this transition. Okay, cool. I guess that takes us to the final preview, which, speaking of which, similar to what you just said there, show we closing off is also a VR, about a VR MMO. Is it VR? Yeah, it's VR. We are in a called Itai no wa, I'm gonna butcher this by the way. Itai no wa ya nano de bugyoruku ni kyokufuri shitai to omoimasu. Or, hmm. bofuri. I don't want to get hurt, so I'll max out my defense. Is a show about an MMORPG in which the protagonist wants to max out their defense, of course. So, it stars the main girl. I can't remember what her real name is outside of the game, so I'm just going to go with Maple, which is her in-game one. She's on the phone with a friend. Her friend's like, hey, dude, you got to try out this new MMORPG. It's really sick. Maybe it's not new. I can't remember. But she's like, you got to play it. It's the best thing ever. Did your package arrive? She's like, yeah, I got the package. I got the VR headset and all that. And she's like, okay, you got to play it. And it's like, well, I was only going to play it when you started playing the game. But her friend's like, I'm sorry, I got a study because I I failed some exams or some shit. So you go ahead and start playing without me. Whatever. So um, she decides to oblige and she starts up the game. And she ends up in like a lobby. The game is actually called, was it New? Was it? It's not Sword Art Online. I think it's very similar to Sword Art Online. New World Online. That's it. (laughs) The game is called New World (laughs) Online. Oh, you know more about it than me. Um, So yeah, it's called New World Online. And she goes in and she's in a lobby. She's like, oh, wow, look at all these weapons. You can go with, like, a sword and a shield. You can go with a mace. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really good at coordination in general anyway, so probably shouldn't use a sword and a shield. Maybe I'll just go for a mage. But then her eyes are caught with this great shield that comes up. It says, sucks at attack, but sucks at defense. She's like, well, I don't want to get hurt, so I'm going to, I was just going to go with the shield. So she picks it up and she's like, oh, well, now I have to distribute stats. So... You know, t- as as the show title may suggest, she's like, well, you know, I definitely don't want to get hurt still, and 
Defense sounds pretty good for that. Weirdly enough, in this RPG, defense is under vitality, which I typically associate with HP, but HP is HP in this, and vitality is also defense. So, hmm. yeah, it's just a little nuance. Here. Well, she'll make a great uh, tank. Yep. So she puts all of her five points that she starts off with into defense, and then it teleports into the overworld with like a noob shield, a noob armor, you know, starting quick kit. And then she first thing she notices is that her walk speed is terrible. She can barely, she moves like a slug compared to everyone else. She's like, oh, so your movement speed in the overworld is like, depending <laughs> on your agility. Well, this kind of sucks. Uh, maybe I should restart and rebuild my character. But then it says like five minutes later, ah, I'm sure it'll be fine. So she kind of wanders off on her own. And she's like, well, now that I'm here, I ought to beat monsters, I guess. And so she asks an NPC, well, not an NPC, another player with blonde hair who looks designed enough to probably be an important character later in the series. Don't know just yet. Um, for advice on where to start off with, she directs her to a woods where you can find monsters that attack you that are pretty cheap. Pretty weak. I mean... Um, and then that same blonde hair girl talks to another guy who looks more experienced and is like, what are you doing? I'm giving advice to a noob. So I guess those two characters will be important later. But anyway, back to our main girl, Maple. She, um, you now see her in the woods looking for some early mobs to fight. And she's attacked by one of the, like a rabbit that looks, you know, like when they do the thing where they cut an apple into the shape of a rabbit. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, the monster looks like that. Oh, uh-huh. So she's like, oh, it's adorable. And then it tries to tackle her and it does nothing. Like nothing to her damage, you know, nothing to her HP or anything. It just bounces off her. She's like, oh, wow, see, it can't, you can't hurt me because my defense is, is, is so high and it's uh-huh. adorable. So she, so she just stands there in the spot and just lets it attack her repeatedly. It just stands there just going to keep on trying. She's just encouraging the monster by this point as it keeps on tackling her. <laughs> but then she gets an alert suddenly that says, like, something. She gets an alert saying, like, you've defended this many attacks, so you get this ability that will actually double you. It will have all of your skill, all, all of your stats that are not um, defense and MP, but you will get double defense. And she's like, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Oops. So she just stands there and just, so just takes more damage. She's like, well, just keep it up. But because her defense is so high, eventually, apparently, like, enemies in this game have some sort of stamina, I guess, or something. Because the bunny eventually just dies from attacking her too much. Wow. I guess. And dissipates. And she's like, well, I didn't mean to kill it. And she cries uh, as her as she levels up. <laughs> Anyways, later that, day, she, later that day, she's wandering around. She's like, oh, I got some more points. I guess I'll put that into defense, I suppose. Because <laughs> I don't want to get hurt. And as she's, as she's wandering around, she's like, oh, I don't want the next enemy to be cute. She's attacked by, like, a queen bee slash, like, just regular bee, I guess. Or slash wasp starts attacking her. And it tries to hit her, too. But then she's like, oh, she's running away at first, but then realizes that, actually, whoa, it doesn't hurt much either. In fact, it just tickles. So she, first she's quite confident, but then she finds out she's been poisoned. And she's like, oh, shit, poison status ailment. I actually don't have any poison you know, items on me. So she Uh-oh. starts to run away and gets sprayed by poison. She's got the poison status. But then as she's lying there, because she trips up, she notices that poison resistance low. So apparently she's like, oh, I get it. In this game, as you get hit by attacks, you gain an immunity to that sort of ailment. Just as like, oh, well, in that case, oh man, I, I can't move. Don't hurt me. And it just keeps on poisoning her. And she's like, okay. And eventually she ends up with moderate uh, poison resistance. So she's like, ah, okay, great. Exactly as planned. And then she, she she tricks the bee into attacking and then turns around and then gets her dagger and stabs it in the head and kills it. Oh, she has a dagger. After doing this, 
Yeah, she has like a like a beginner's dagger. Oh, okay. So I thought she, she only had a shield, thing. which would be like she has a shield, shield hero. She has like a... Nah, she has a big shield and she has a mini dagger. And she, I think that's gonna be consistent. She has like a little mini dagger. Okay. Her, so it's like a combat knife or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that exactly. So she stabs it in the head, and then she gets this ring, this this uh, ring from that dro- uh, a drop from it. That's even more helps her for defense. Her level increases all the way from two to eight. I don't know how that happens, but. <laughs> She ends up with vitality plus a, a ring that gives her vitality plus six. Also, she gains the skill self recovery that allows her to restore ten percent of her max HP every ten minutes. And she's like, "Oh, what wow, wow, a rare item!" <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, fifteen more stat points from those level ups. I guess I'll put them all into defense again, huh? Giant killing. I just got a giant killing skill. This puts even more strength into her defense." And she's like, "Oh, up to four times, but I have other stats." That means my defense is 616. She's like doing the, the math in her head. And she's like, oh, well, what a day. And then for some reason she passes out. She's like, she's just tired. So she just lies down and falls asleep. Which I did wonder what that's like in an MMO sort of experience. Because you're not in your world. and you Do you feel tired the way you do in your real body? I don't know. But your anyways, mind can probably be worn out. I guess so. In her case it seems to work. But um... As she's sleeping there, we see a bunch of animals or a bunch of monsters all approach her and start attacking her. This guy in red armor and a big shield on his back walks over and is like, what the hell is she doing? And then just like, oh well, and just continues walking on. She wakes up and it's now sunset and she notices, I gained the skill meditation. This is a skill that allows you to restore more HP by 1% every like 10 seconds temporarily. But it only works while you're being attacked. And she's like, wait, being under attack? And she wakes up and she notices she's being attacked on all sides by just monsters all over her. And so she gets up and runs away and like, injures them all. But then finds out that that gave her like another stat. She gained another skill for just by lying there and getting attacked by mobs. Um, and then by doing so, she also gained another skill because she was like, oh, 10 more stats. I'm going to put them all into defense, of, of course. course. And as she does that, she gains another skill, which, you know, Again, another skill that's useful towards defense that just lures enemies and aggros towards yourself. So that's useful. She's tired for the day, so she logs off and can't believe that it's already like 12.30. And then we cut to like an internet forum for the game where a guy's talking about the situation he found. He's like, wow, this player's interesting. She's just lying down there. A great shielder's there. But, you know, managed to make it work. Is this like a future pro player in the making? Oh, well, thanks for the info. I'll just keep an eye on her and see what goes on. So I guess the next day she teleports in. And she's like, okay, well, I'm on my own again. My friend won't play for me, so I'll just, I'll just have more fun on my own. Um, and then she's noticing that everybody has all this really cool armor and stuff. And she's like, well, my armor is all newbie and stuff, and I want to get some good armor. So she approaches the red armor guy from earlier on and asks, hey, can I, how do I get that cool stuff that you've got? And he's like, well, it's custom made, but I can take you to a crafter that makes custom armor. So they do. They introduce uh, the the red armored guy introduces her to this other girl who runs a crafting shop. Unfortunately, the price for the armor is too expensive, of obviously, because she's a noob. But they're like, "Hey, how about you go to this mountain over there? It's called the Poison Dragon's Labyrinth to the east, and grind. You might find some rare <laughs> equipment there and stuff. And there's all sorts of treasure and stuff." She's like, "Oh, thanks. I guess I'll go and do that." She adds them as friends, and they part ways. And as she's walking off, as she's walking off, they're like. You don't think she's going to be dumb enough to not have a party and go there on her own, do you? And they're like, nah, she's not that silly. And then she's like, well, it's dungeon time. I've got to go do it on my own. Um, <laughs> so she goes to the dungeon by herself. And she's like, well, I've got lots of potions and poison resistance, so I should be fine. 
She then takes on some slimes, because they're usually a normal enemy you get near the start of the game, beats them, she gets the shield attack from doing this. It's like, well, I kind of wanted something that's an actual offensive move, but that'll do. And she's, you know, we get a montage of her beating several enemies, running away, getting chests and stuff, until she eventually makes it to the boss room, where the door closes behind her, to reveal the poison dragon, which is actually a hydra with three heads. And she's like, oh shit, and it starts spraying poison all over her and stuff. Its poison is so potent and powerful that it immediately disintegrates her shield and her dagger. Oh. So that's so that's kind of bad. So she gets into a situation where it's like, oh no, I'm poisoned. I can't defend against that. And as she's her HP is going down, she's like, wait a second. If I can just keep on healing enough to survive, then I can build up my poison resistance. Will this work? And it just shows, you know, her toughing it out until eventually her poison resistance goes from moderate to strong. Till eventually she actually gains poison immunity entirely. And she's like, well, that's not going to work anymore. You can't hurt me now. Um, but now I don't have a way to attack you, so I don't know what happens next. But the dragon then grabs her with one of its heads, and she tries to punch it and stuff, but it doesn't do any damage because, you know, she's too weak. Um, in a panic, she bites the dragon, which actually does do a little bit of damage. So she's like, oh, well, that works. So then she starts biting the rest of the dragon and ends up just gnawing on it to death. Um, <laughs> she comments about the dragon how to the- death. Yeah. She comments about how it doesn't taste very good, but when the poison sprays more poison on her, she's like, oh, actually, the poison helps quite a bit. That makes it give us a nice spicy edge to it. Thanks for that. Oh, boy. Let's keep it coming. So she starts eating the whole dragon until it dies, essentially. And she's like, yes, I did it. And she, her level then shoots all the way up to level 18. She gains 20 status points, which, of course, she puts into defense. Mm. Um, and then she gets an award saying, like, Hydra, you gained the skill Hydra Eater, which allows you to, like, it's it's a skill awarded to the first, it's very specific, the first player to kill the dragon as a solo party member in their first try gave her this Hydra Eater ability, which allows her to, um, use poison attacks, which is like, well, that's perfect for me for being a defense character, for using poison. And then the chest appears in front of her where she gets these free super rare unique items. Like one of them is like something called like she gets a dagger, another dagger that's called um the um replica of the dark knight. She gets armor called the black rose, which regenerates and becomes stronger every time it's broken. And then she gets a giant shield called the crescent moon and stuff. So she gets a bunch of rare items and she nice. now looks fully kitted out. And her defense is now shot up to a massive eight hundred and sixty four compared to the very start of the episode, so you we've seen it build up quite a bit. And she's like, well, I guess I'm going to kill people on playing defense from now on, I suppose, since I don't want to die, uh, so I don't want to get hurt. And then we go back to her in the real world, now having being satisfied with the game, where she gushes to her friend about how awesome the game is. And her friend's just like, well, you know, the game's fun, let's just make sure you don't, keep, you don't fall behind in your studies, otherwise you'll end up like me and being banned from games for a while. And it goes back to her friend, who's like, well... I'm glad she's having fun. And it pans to the side to show that her friend Risa has, like, trophies for this game. So there's, like, a competitive scene to this game, apparently. Um, so her friend isn't actually a newbie there. Her friend's actually, apparently, a well-known player <laughs> of it. So then it goes towards the forums, where you see people, like talking about this mysterious S.H.I.E.L.D. character who's now suddenly appeared and, you know, has got this unique-looking armor and stuff and looks really cool, so she's now blown up in popularity online. And that kind of ends the episode. So, yeah. Honestly, 
I didn't expect to get really anything out of this show. Um, but for what it was, I found it surprisingly entertaining. Not mm. gonna lie, it's actually alright. Um, I think what really makes it is obviously the rules of the RPG don't take the focus. They're kind of silly. I mean, like, you know, you could throw a bunch of logic about how well game design wouldn't work this way, how come other players don't know about some such and such and blah blah blah. And, you know, this poison immunity thing, biting it, it's it's kind of silly. But if you take it from a character focus side of things, it's kind of nice how it just all kind of happens from a noob's perspective and just kind of figuring out this this um MMO like VR game firsthand because it takes advantage of things being you know VR where it's just like oh well maybe you could do more stuff if the mechanics were in VR and not like on your computer with like keyboard and stuff so it it opens more possibilities to you know to gameplay when it's in that sort of situation anyway and for what it was it was kind of charming had a little sense of humor to it you know um obviously nothing super deep or in depth as you know they're not gonna get trapped in the game i don't think anyone's gonna die or anything like that it's just kind of dumb fun as well similar to my first show i suppose but you know not as comedy focused but you know it focused on characters the characters themselves were okay to watch the character i suppose really maple takes the focus but she was kind of fun to watch for the show cute enough whatever moe whatever um and uh, this anime is brought to us by Silverlink. They make pretty much all of the animes ever. If you've watched <laughs> an anime, you've probably watched something they've made from Isekai, Shokudo, Kokoro Connect, Shiffle Ring of Failed Night, Back at the Test, Watamote, uh, even more obscure stuff like fucking what? Oni Chan, Dakido, Aisai, Ereba, whatever the fuck that was. I just pick up something. Uh, Shoujo Masquerism, the list goes on. They've made all of the anime. And they typically have a decent, uh, you know, a fairly decent production quality that's reflective in this show, too. They actually almost kind of tend to excel when it comes to the Moe sorts of style shows because Moe shows don't usually demand very much, but they usually go that little bit extra mile to make it a little bit more higher production, but not, not breathtaking, I must stress. But yeah, there you go. Uh, that was the show. Um, I don't know if I'll keep watching it. It was alright. I just don't know if I... The cute girls doing defense things are calling to you, Andrew. (laughs) I just, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm a lot, but I can't really remember if I'd want it, but it's like... I looked at the cast, there's one guy. (laughs) (laughs) Kind. It's not bad, but it's like, it's not exactly like gonna blow you away either. Interesting. Maybe it might be just something to put on if you're like, it's a rainy day, and there's nothing else. Yeah, I think of it. Happen. Think of it as like your Yatogami Chan, just like you know, just just something yeah. to fill the void. Yeah, possibly. So you could do a lot worse than something to fill the void. So yeah. definitely, it's decent. I mean, you you if had me a little bit interested, and I don't. I know I won't watch it just because like the main cast is girls. There is one guy. But, like, as you have just, like, gone through the first episode, he makes, like, one appearance, and that's to comment on her being like, oh, she's being attacked. Well, I'll just move on. Yeah, and he's the one that, re- he's the same guy that refers her to the blacksmith. And also, it's it's pretty much inferred that he's, you know, the forums that I kept talking about, you know, you see the message board? It seems that like he runs the message board, because when she comes up to talk to him and ask him for how, where he gets his armor from, 
he says, wow, I can't believe she came up to talk. I wouldn't have imagined she came up to talk to me. So it kind of implies that he's the one that's running the forums. But yeah. That's about it. But yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you found it enticing enough despite uh, it not really being your thing. So if it sounds good, check it out. It's both. Alright. Well then, yeah. that does it for another show anime polls and i believe next week we may be doing a hybrid show or an onichan show as it may be called at some point <clears throat> maybe maybe Possibly. we'll see i may try we'll to find something hey, that is possible. horrible as the onichan yeah sky's the limit sky's the limit but before we go we do have people we got to thanks and as it has been updated, it is still Algazero, Shiji, Seraphman, Phantom, Tag, and of course all the anonymous sponsors, and everyone who doesn't want to be listed or just hasn't put their name forth yet. And everyone, of course, in chat currently on our Discord, Black Magic, Mal. McNurry, Primaria, Rampant AI, Sigwin, thank y'all for tuning in, sticking around, listening to us talk about anime, and until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong.